From Revenue Rhino, I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Scott from Fiberfast Homes. Scott, it's really nice to have you on. Thanks for having me on, Brad. I totally appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm excited for today's discussion. Scott, to kick us off, can you tell me a bit about yourself as well as your company and who you are and what you're doing? My name is Scott Sampson. I am the CEO of Fiberfast Homes. Been running this for almost three years now. Fiberfast Homes is a, in all terms, a startup nationwide fiber to the home internet provider. We do, we work with new build construction with developers on the greenfield level. So nice as we just do dirt, we have to, don't have to come dig up anybody's yard. We do it before they move in. So it's nice and muddy. We've been doing this, like I said, almost three years. Our first client was Dreamfinders Homes. Did that one just about two and a half years ago. And since then we've added other big developers, other smaller developers. We probably have somewhere about 30 plus thousand homes in our backlog and with wow. more every day. That's amazing. I love it. So you guys basically, can you describe in more detail? It sounds like you get fiber to people's houses for for lack of a better way, unsophisticated person saying it. That's a simplified term, but that's exactly what we do. So yeah, we come into neighborhoods and we build a small little head end somewhere out of sight, out of mind. And then we run fiber to everybody's house. We run it all the way into the home. So it's not fiber to the neighborhood, fiber to the street. This is fiber into the home. We put a little box and it converts it to copper. Then we put a nice pretty Wi-Fi router in there that covers most of most homes, about 22 to 2300 square feet is what it's covering. We differentiate ourselves. A lot of people do internet. And we do internet and our service customers are getting a gig down and a gig up. They, on an average, their slow speeds are 980 meg and a gig a little over a thousand meg. That's pretty good with overhead and everything happened where we differentiate ourselves against a lot of other, of our competition out there. We actually take customer service to the whole new level. We actually have what we call our concierge team. Our concierge team is to help customers understand what they're getting. They don't, they're not there to sell them anything. Now, if they need an extra Wi-Fi router, we can help them get it. If they want to expand it into their neighborhood, we also help them find video streaming services. We make no money on this. We just help them do what they need to do because the internet, most people just think it's, it's just come home and it works. But sometimes they need questions answered, like, how do I stream? What do I do if I need a home phone? Will this printer work on my network? Things like that. We're just there to answer questions and be helpful. And then we have our standard customers. If you do have a problem, you can call them after hours. And if they can fix it, they'll fix it over the phone. If not, we'll roll a truck out to you the next morning and get somebody out there to fix it. I love that. So what's your story? How did you get into the space? Really interesting. Almost 30 years ago, I was a manager of a restaurant. I was a general manager, also doing some bartending on the side when I needed extra money. I had a customer, a regular customer that said, you should be in sales. So I went into sales, did it, worked for him for about six months, and then that company sold. I actually applied for a job online with a company called People's Choice TV slash Speed Choice. Um, it was a door-to-door wireless point to multi-point wireless internet provider. I learned by knocking doors, selling internet, got into working with the engineering team, got into looking at design. So really started to learn the whole aspect of it, worked for different companies throughout that. And about 20 years ago, I ended up buying into my own ISP. 
became a CIO, COO for them, ran the operations 100%, really learned the ins and outs of a small business plus an ISP and the nuances that they have. Got out of that, sold the company, got out of it, moved on, went to work for different consulting companies, building global networks. Loved doing that. And then Boston Omaha reached out to me just right a little over three years ago. And I helped them with a, I did a consulting job with them, helped them buy a company called Airbeam out of Arizona. I did the audit and assessment of their technology and what they did. I drove 5,000 square miles within two weeks, long two weeks, but it was great for me because it really showed me how much I still knew and what I was still doing and the internet side of it. And as anybody will tell you with, you're an ISP guy, even if you try to leave, you always get sucked back in. You always come back to do it. The Boston Omaha team got a hold of me a few months later after we all got locked down for a couple months for a nice government break for COVID. So I came back and they offered me a job and I took it. Really, the Adam and Alex, the two people that actually are our chairmen and the presidents of Boston Omaha, I was very impressed by them as people. Really had a lot, a lot of high respect. And so when they asked me to do this and start up an ISP, I, it was a challenge for one, but two, I believed in what these guys are looking at doing. And that's how I got to where I'm at today. I always have to say, I love what I do. It's, you can't ask for a better job. I come to work every day just going, what's going to happen today? And what can we, how can we make it better? I love that. So what advice do you have for other entrepreneurs when it comes to growing a company? How have you grown this company? What tactics, strategies have you used, all this stuff? You can't be afraid. It is probably the biggest one for anybody, entrepreneurial, CEO. You can't be afraid, but you also can't be the know-it-all. You have mm. to surround your people with the best. You've got to surround yourself with the best people that are out there, that the people that really want to help you grow, that know they're... I don't want to be the smartest guy in the room. I just want to know everybody in it. I want to have these guys that can help me be smarter and will show me what to do to make it better. I like giving my opinion, but I trust my team a hundred percent. And I think a lot of CEOs and a lot of entrepreneurs believe they have to be the smartest person. They don't, they need to be the one that actually looks forward and says, okay, in five years, I'm going to get here. Now, how do I get to this point and do that really well? And it's by the people you have around you. So how do you find those great people? How have you built this great team and any lessons learned or anything and all that? It's a great question. My team, I don't think I interview too tough. I've got three basic questions that I really ask everybody and it's really to find their personality. My, my three questions are, what's your greatest accomplishment? People love to brag about what they do. What's the biggest problem you overcame and how What'd you do? And people love to say how they did things. And my last question, nobody likes, but it's to me the greatest question you can ever ask. What's your biggest failure that you didn't overcome? And what did you learn? And I'll tell you, I've had some great resumes in front of me that couldn't answer that question. I don't, I've never failed or I've, and people fail every day. I fail every day. I've failed employees. I've failed the company but it's what I've learned and how I overcome it is what I do. I believe in failure. And with doing that, I've made myself a better person. And my mantra in life is making myself and the people around me better. If you don't fail, you don't learn. 
And I, I don't want failure that's detrimental to the company that's making us go out of business, but I don't mind if somebody makes an honest mistake and goes, okay, what'd you learn from that? And when they learn from it, you know what? They'll never do it again. And they'll maybe look at another problem that they're going to have and sit there going, how do I not make this as big of a problem that I had? And a lot of it, a lot of it always comes down to communications. Absolutely. I love that. Great three questions. So you're joining a lot of podcasts you mentioned to me and creating content and all this stuff. How does that play into what you're doing? One, I think it actually gets us out there of who we are. We are a startup. You, how do you get your name out there? You can go do ads on the internet, pay for social media ads, do a TikTok, whatever. But I think the podcast world gives you that, that point of where you can actually really say who you are and what you do. I get more and more calls from potential clients because they're starting to heard you on this podcast or I heard you, I saw an article that was written up about what you guys do. I want to learn more because I think we're giving it out there as, hey, we want to be better. You, I, I tell all my clients, how do I make you happy? What do we have to do? Yeah, I can give it away, give the service away. Yeah, that doesn't make me happy because we'll make no money and I can't keep employees. But a lot of times with the builders and developers, it's, hey, talk to me, tell me what's going on. And that's, we really do focus on that stuff day to day. What's one thing you wish you would have known before you became a CEO that you know now? That the world doesn't revolve around me. Don't need to be an island. I need to trust other people that they know what they're doing better than I do. Love that. If you could go back in time and give your younger self a piece of advice, what would it be? Ask. Ask for help. You're not number one. And once again, it's the same to the first question. You really just need to ask. And there are people out there that are smarter. They'll help you. And then finally, if you could offer one piece of advice to your industry as a whole, what would it be? Focus isn't on you and your business. Focus is on your customer. If you keep your customers happy, you will make money. But if you focus on margins and everything else as being always top priority and you forget about the customers, you will lose those customers and you'll never make a cent. Absolutely. Scott, it's been amazing to have you on the podcast. Thanks so much for joining today and sharing all your wisdom and insights. Brad, I really appreciate it and really enjoyed it. Absolutely.